Well, good morning, MCC. Hope you guys are doing good. For all you who are joining us online, thank you for taking some time out of your weekend to be with us. It is an honor that all the things that you could be doing on the internet, you are here today with us. We'd love for you to like, comment, share this out so the gospel continue to go as far as possible. If you are here for your very first time, we'd love to connect with you. There's a link right there for if it's your first time, fill that out. We'd love to be able to get to know you, follow up with you, and even give you a gift, kind of our way of saying welcome in uh, to this crazy, uh, messy, albeit, family that is MCC. And for those of you who are here with us for the very first time, uh, we say the same thing to you if you're here with us in person. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your weekend, whether it was via invite or via you just found us online or wanted to be here. Uh, thank you that, that this is where you are. I believe God has us here for a reason. I want to talk about two uh, big things we have coming up and then one kind of just housekeeping thing and then we're getting the message. All right. You guys bear with me for that long. All right. I know, you know, I know you guys are just chomping out of the bits, but we got, we got, I got to, we got to cover some stuff. Okay. So here's, here's a couple of things. One tonight, if you're a member at MCC, I would love for you to either be here on person or, or, or be making a point to be able to watch it after the fact. But tonight we're having our annual members meeting. That's going to be where we talk about elders. That's going to be where we talk about our finances. That's going to be where we talk about our future. So this is an important night uh, to be able to be there. For those of you who, who are like, hey, I'm not at the place yet where I'm ready to be at things in person, just know we're going to record this event. It's not going to be on Facebook Live. That's kind of like, you know, you, you don't put your home and what you talk about in your house on Facebook Live. Uh, so we're going to record all that and send it out to you. If you're a member at MCC, you want to get a part of that, you can. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you guys about, and it's much more fun, um, is this thing called Kindness Works. Uh, so Kindness Works has been this thing we've done in the past at MCC where we throw this huge Christmas party for the special needs families here in our local community. And obviously this year is going to be a little bit different, but I need your help, okay? Can you guys help me out with something? Can you online? You can even help me out with this as well. Here's what I need your help doing. We are trying to do a Kindness Works drive through Now I know you guys are thinking like, the last drive through you did was kind of crazy. Yeah, we want to do that again. Um, we're all for that. We're causing traffic in Jesus' name is, is, is what McDonough Christian Church is going to become known for eventually. Um, but we're going to have this amazing, amazing event. And the, the way I need you to help is, again, not, not, not a whole lot of volunteering, not a lot of that stuff, but it's going to require some generosity. So what we're going to do for, for these families, when we're talking over 100 families that are going to come through here uh, to be able to be a part of this, is I, I'm inviting you to bless the socks off of these families this year via gift cards. So we did this last year. We asked you guys to bring gift cards as your, kind of our form of generosity, our Christmas present to them. And so we're going to have people back there in the back, a box right there, ready to take those. If you're online, you can swing by those. There's a drop box on the office building. You can put those in. Um, but we're talking kind of that range of like 5 to $20. Uh, that You can obviously go more than that. You can't go any less than that. What we don't want is that you know Starbucks gift card with 35 cents on it that's left in your wallet. We don't want that. Um, we want a real gift card to be able to go and bless uh, these families so that they have an amazing Christmas. Christmas, like I am hoping all of you do as well. Last thing I want to talk to you guys about, a little bit of housekeeping stuff here, okay? Contrary to popular belief, COVID, or not popular, some, I wouldn't, I think it'd be overestimate to say uh, popular. Uh, contrary to what some of us may have thought, or we have heard people think, um, COVID did not just magically disappear after the election. If you didn't notice, there are still people we love, there are still people we care about who are still testing positive for COVID, who are still really feeling the effects of that. And so I say this just, just to remind us again as a church to continue to take the precautions seriously. And really I'm talking to the people who are meeting here in person because I want to explain something to you that I see um, almost on a weekly basis that you may not see because you're already in your seat and I'm late to get into mine. 
weekly, on a weekly basis, there are people who walk in those doors, they walk in right there, and they stop. And there are people who are somewhat new to MCC. Are there people who have been around MCC for a while and are contemplating coming back? And they'll walk in those doors and they'll stop about right there. And they'll look. And we all know what they're looking to see. We're looking to see how, how safe it is in this environment. And again, everybody's got different markers for what a safe environment is. And, I, and we can't get into that. We can't control all of that. But what I know is that I've watched people come in, look, and go, okay, yeah, and come and find a seat. And I've watched people turn around and go home. And that stinks. Like getting out of bed and coming to do something, period, stinks. Getting out of bed and coming to do something that is like hearing from God's word, that is, is gathering together with people and singing praise to God. Like it'd be different if, like it was, this, was, if this was Sky Zone. And they showed up at Sky Zone and went, Sky Zone wasn't safe today. I'm going to go home. But this is the church of Jesus. And they showed up and said, ah, you know, I, it's, not, it's not safe enough for me today. And they left. Now, I know they, we can still connect online. And for those of you who are connecting online, and again, I've said this from the beginning. I will continue to say this. You are not no more spiritual because you're online. You are no more spiritual because you're here. It's a personal choice. But what I want you to hear from my heart as your pastor is I want us to continue to be able to meet like this, both online and in person, as long as it is physically safe for us. And so I need your help to be able to make that possible. What that means is, is, is don't go get snout to snout with somebody after service, okay? Like, to, just, we got to be precautious, um, you know, consider some things. We got to be considerate of each other. So that this can be a place where someone who is teetering on, is it safe or not for me to be able to come back into something like this? Because I, I, it is undeniable that there is something different about being in a room with people than it is watching this at home on a couch. I'm not saying it's any better or worse. I'm just saying it's different. And there are some people who long for whatever that difference is. And when they come in, we want to do everything we can to make them feel like this is something that they can continue to be in and feel safe enough to worship Jesus where they are. Okay, we're good on that? All right, hopefully I don't ruffle my feathers. If you get mad at me, send me emails. I love responding to things like that. Let's pray and dive into God's word together. Jesus, we love you. Father, it is a, it's a wild time, but none of this has surprised you. You were not caught off guard one bit. And God, as we navigate this, God, let us give each other grace. We've already gotten it from you, God. I pray we can give it to each other. Father, as we get ready to come to your word today, I pray it meets us right where we are. I pray it meets us in a place of humility, a place that's willing to be changed. God, I don't know what all these people brought in today. I don't know what, what, what happenstance brought them even into a place like this where they'd be able to hear from you. But I pray that they would know that they're not getting ready to, to just hear some thoughts and opinions, but they're getting ready to hear, hopefully, from you, Jesus. So be in my words. If, if you do not speak through me, I will have said nothing of any sort of significance at all. So I'm asking you to do those things only you can do in your name. Amen. So we've been in this series called At War. and We've been talking about how there's this reality of spiritual warfare that's going on around us. One of the big points that we've made and will continue to make is that people are not the problem. We fight against an unseen enemy. It's both uh, the powers of hell and dark forces there, but it's also this little thing inside of us called our flesh. That little thing inside of you that wants to do what you want to do that's contrary to what God wants you to do. We're fighting against both of those things. And we're learning how to actually stand ground to fight both against our flesh and against an active enemy. And we've been going through piece by piece this thing called the armor of God. This guy, Paul, he wrote this book called Ephesians. It was really a letter to a church, less of a book, more of a letter. And he was explaining to them how to be able to stand ground against an enemy who was coming to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in their life. 
And he walks them through this analogy as he looks at a Roman soldier and he goes by piece by piece of how we as God's soldiers, as people who are in the midst of this battle, will be able to stand ground and fight against an active enemy who is seeking to take you out. And last week we dug into the shield. We talked about the shield of faith and we talked about how faith is not, contrary to popular belief, faith is not something that you just muster up from the inside of you. Faith is actually something that you receive from God and then you are able to live out. Uh, Royce Jr. came up here and he got on a bicycle with me and we, we, we showed you guys that faith, a faith that's going to go anywhere, a faith that's real faith, is going to be a faith that is both belief and, ah, oh, some of you got it, good deal. You probably in the comments, you already, you were typing, you'd already ACT, already out. Um, faith is belief and action, belief and action. That's the only way our faith moves forward. Now today, I'm actually going to talk to you about faith again. Uh, faith is a, is a piece of the armor in here that's going to take me two parts to be able to dive into. Now, I know you're like, oh man, I missed that one. I, like, don't, it's not like a movie where you got to see part one and part two to be able to get it. Um, we're going to be able to get it. But I would say definitely go back because what we talked about in week one last week was definitely more of the theological and the spiritual grounding that is faith. We lean into even a little bit more of the armor there. Today, my hope is to get very tactical and practical about how we live out our faith in a way where it's not fake, but it is real. All right? So I want to ask you something. Object lesson. We're going to have some fun today. Um, tell me if you know whose shield this is. Whose shield is this? Captain America. I even heard a little kid. Where's the, where's the child? Yeah, there he is. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, that child back there. Yeah, he knew it for sure. My boys were in the first service. They knew it for sure. This is Captain America's shield. Now, the reason that you knew whose it was is because you know that the shield is part of who Captain America is. Like, it's part of his identity. Captain America without a shield is not Captain America. He's just a buff, patriotic guy. And so, what I want you to understand here is in the same way that Captain America's shield, this vibranium thing that he has, is what is a critical part of his identity that allows him to be able to fight against the enemies that he faces, you, in the same way, like, you could go to Walmart or Target and you could go buy a shield. You could buy one of those. But at the end of the day, it's not going to help you if someone were to break into your home and want to come against you with any sort of weapon and you have a plastic shield. It's not going to do you any good. And as I, I thought about faith, as what we talked about last week, and, and dug into it and, and began to think and process through, okay, how does this, this actually happen when rubber meets the road in your real life in regards to faith? My fear is that we have some fake faith. That our faith it's actually been feelings misidentified as real faith. See, because in Christian circles and in places like this, we can want to, and I think you know, this is the reason the atheists even say that people conjure up a God, is because they want to have some positive force that gives them hope. And so many times in our lives we can think that, okay, well to be a person of faith, that means I just have to always be on the bright side. And I have to always be, you know, thinking positive thoughts. I always have to believe that, you know, good things are coming. And that's what it means to have faith. But I believe faith is something so much more than just being positive. See, in regards to this, this faith fake that I, or this faith that is fake that I want to walk you through today, I want you to understand the first thing about it is that fake faith, it has no owner. Fake faith has no owner. In the same way that I showed you that shield and you knew the owner of it was Captain America. Fake faith has no owner. Because fake faith is really not faith at all. It's just positivity. It's just the thing like young people say today, hey, uh, you know, I got a big test coming up today. Send some positive vibes my way. Like, 
how do I positive? Like, what am I? I don't know what. How, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do that. Just you know, it, it's the thing that says, "Well, I, things are looking up," or, or "I hope things will get better," or you know, "It's all going to be okay. It'll work itself out." And sometimes we say those things, and we say we say those, and we feel like, "Oh, I'm I'm being faith filled in this moment." But the reality is, is that's not faith at all. That's you being optimistic. That's you being positive. What I want you to show you is a story about someone who encountered a real life big issue in their life. It's a story of Jesus and three of his really, really close friends. Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. And Lazarus, he actually got really sick. And he died. And Jesus got news that he was really sick while he was far away. But not so far away that he couldn't get there in time to really probably heal it. Jesus stayed where he was. Lazarus ends up dying. Most of you have been in church for a while, you know the story. Jesus shows up. And Lazarus is dead, like dead, dead. The Bible says he stinketh. He's in the tomb. He's dead. Now, Mary, she stays in the house. She don't have anything to do with Jesus. She's mad at Jesus. Martha goes out to see him. He has a bone to pick with you. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. So she's totally identifying the reality that if you had been here, this would not have happened. If you were in this situation with me, this would have turned out differently. But then I want you to see the amazing thing that she says. And this is the type of faith that I'm talking about. John eleven twenty two. She says, But even now, underline that, But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. What you have coming from Mary right here in this moment is real faith. She doesn't just say, Jesus... He's in a better place. Jesus, I, I know that you know, this, is, this, this, this could work out for the good. You got, a, you got a plan. No. She says, he's dead. But now that you're here, even now, he can be raised up. Even now that you're in debt up to your eyeballs. Even now that the marriage is hanging by a literal thread. Even now that you've been struggling with this addiction for this long, even now type of faith says, even now, it doesn't matter how bleak, how long they've been dead, how long the hope has been gone, even now, if Jesus is in the midst of it, there is nothing he can't restore, he can't save, and he can't redeem. That's, that's, that's faith, and it's not just being positive. See, the difference between, I think, sometimes how we operate in faith and what you see happening here with Martha is she's putting an internal, mental belief about Jesus into physical, active words. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.21 that life and death are in the power of your feelings, the power of your opinions. No, that life and death are in the power of our tongues. And so Martha, in this moment, She speaks out with her mouth that you, even now, in this moment, Jesus, you can do though. You can do this. See, the problem is that most of us, in regards to what we say, and whether that's actually verbally out of our mouth, or what we post, or what we write in emails, or even what we think in our head, the problem is that most of us speak negative. If I followed you around this week, and they replayed for you all the things that you said, which way would the scale teeter? Would it teeter towards negative or positive? In your home, those of you who are married, which one of the spouses is the positive one and which one is the negative one? 
or which one, or we'll say, we'll say in a softer way, which one is the positive one and which one is realistic? <laughs> we got that. Yeah, don't elbow, don't, don't, don't do it. You're in the living room right now, chill out. Okay, so, so most of us, and listen, it's like, look, there's 24-hour-a-day news media that, that, that like has, there's, there's a lot of things that are going good in the world. I'm just going to lay that out there, all right? There's a lot of good that's still happening. We got 24 hours of news media that's talking about all, everything that's bad. And so most of us, we reciprocate, and, and, and our lives become what we, you know, most of our problem is not uh, uh, what's coming out. It's an intake problem. And so if negativity, 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 negativity is everything that's coming in, what do you expect is going to come out? Most people only speak negative. Some people will actually speak positive. And these are the people that, goodness gracious, I get me in a room full of these people. I cannot, I, um, yeah, never mind, I'll get off of that, sorry. Yeah. Vampires, suck the life right out of a room. Um, most people speak negative, some people speak positive. Very, very few people speak by faith. Faith that is grounded and rooted in Jesus. See, even the positive people in the room will say, I, I, I hope this sickness passes. When faith would say, by his wounds, I am healed. I, I, ho- I hope, I'm going to make it more practical for us right now. I hope I don't get COVID. By his wounds, I am healed. If it happens, it happens. I'm healed. Hope says, well, I, I hope the marriage makes it. Where by faith, you can say, what God has brought together, let no man take apart. See, the positive and, and, and hopeful thought says, I, I, I hope I break out of, of this anxiety. And, and once this whole season kind of dies down, then I'll get out of this anxiety. And, and I hope that this passes. But faith says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Hope says, well, I hope one day I'll find happiness, whether that be in a child, whether that be in a spouse, whether that be in a job, whatever. One day I hope I'll find happiness. But faith. Faith says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't have to wait for something to happen because he is happening in me. See, we need to be people. And this is the difference between positivity and faith. Hope has to have a who. Your hope. All those things you're hoping for. All those things you're trying to be positive about. Are they attached to a person? Because the difference between looking on the bright side and looking to Jesus And the things that you say about that matter, if life and death are in the power of the words, then what that means is you cannot just hear the word of God when you come into here. The Bible made it really clear. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it is a tragedy if the only time that you hear the word of God is when you come here and you listen to me rant about it for 45 minutes once a week. You see, I was generous there. I didn't even say 30 because we would have known that was a lie. (laughs) Thank you guys for being so gracious. But listen, you are with you all the time. Bind the word of God around your wrist. Put it in your mind. Tattoo it to your heart so that when life happens, you don't just have to think happy thoughts. You think thoughts that are rooted and grounded in who Jesus is and you speak things out believing that they are so in Jesus name hoping 
praying, knowing that they will come to pass, not because they're just positive thoughts that are floating through the universe. See, faith, fake, uh, fake, faith that is fake has no owner. Faith that is true has an owner, and it has a hope, and that hope is in a person named Jesus. And I hope, I hope that you understand this, and you move from optimism, just I'm thinking positive thoughts, into faith. So how do you move? I'm going to give you the how. We're getting really practical. How do you move from optimism to faith? It's a four-letter cuss word called work. That's how you move from just being optimistic about things into actually having true, real faith, a shield of faith that is not plastic, that is not counterfeit, that is actually real, is you actually take those positive feelings and they become real when they work. James 2, 17. We talked about this a little bit last week. I'm going to give you some more practical things to chew on this a little bit. James 2, 17. It says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, i.e. work, it is dead. Dead. It's just a belief in something. Faith, if it's not accompanied by action, it is dead. See, God, this is one of the things that took me a really long time to figure out about following Jesus is that God, and we've talked about this as we've talked about things like salvation, as we talked about righteousness, as we talked about being made at peace with God. God will do everything for you that you cannot do for yourself. He will do everything that you, he can, you cannot make yourself righteous, you cannot make yourself at peace with God, you cannot save yourself. God will do everything for you that you cannot do for yourself. But God will not do for you the things you can do for you. That's part of his imparted righteousness living out in your life he will make you right with him and then out of that righteousness that he has now placed in you he will say i am i am 100 for sure your savior but in the time in the moments you have left on earth it is going to be up to you big fella to understand and to live out are you going to let me be lord or not And so we can cross our arms and say, God, why are my finances so jacked up right now? Why why won't you just fix these? And God's going, make a budget. Just make a budget. Step one. Why is it, why is it, why, God, why won't you fix this marriage? And God's going, just apologize. Apologize. Ask for forgiveness. Humble yourself. See, I think sometimes we can just cross our arms and go, God, why why won't you do it? Why aren't aren't this happening? And God's going, listen, I'll do for you everything you can't. I need you to let me be Lord in your life. And then your faith that I have given you will be proved to be actual real faith because you will actually be doing the works that requires to show that your faith is authentic. See, faith without works won't work because faith without works is dead. James explained this a little bit longer and he said in, in James 2, verse 21 through 24. It's going to be on the screens. If you're already in James, you can follow along with it there. He gives a real-life example to kind of show the people what he's talking about here. He says, Was not our father Abraham, he's talking to Jewish people, our father Abraham, considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now, some of you are going, like, what? Like, he let his kid be his offering that day? Like, can I do that today? Like, these kids are getting on my nerves. Can I put them in the offering box? Like, what? Let me explain this story for those of you who maybe didn't grow up in church and that's not your thing. That's okay. Um, so, so God, he, he, he had his chosen uh, family. It was Abraham's family, but it was kind of a, a family that was going to be hard to really do anything big with because it was really just, at that point, kind of two people. And God show, showed up to, to Abraham, who was way older than any of the more older people here in this room. 
And he said, you're going to have a child. To which both of them laughed. You know, Abraham's like, I don't remember the last time that we did the thing that would make that thing happen, God. <laughs> and Sarah laughs because she's like, he, you know, I don't know what she was thinking. But she, whatever, whatever she was thinking, it was enough to make her laugh, okay? She laughs. At how silly that proposition from God sounds. But God shows up. And they have a child. When it would have been impossible to have a child. And this is the promise through which God's promise will come to this whole family group that later becomes the Israelites, the Jews, even the line that Jesus comes from. But God shows up to Abraham and says, Hey, I need you to sacrifice your son to me, which does not make any sense. Like, okay, you gave me this son, now you want to take this son away. Let me tell you a little secret. It took me a long time to figure out, and I'm still trying to figure out how to live out, is that in regards to what God is asking you for, sometimes, and really probably most often than not, what God is asking you for has nothing to do with what God is asking you for. <laughs> it has everything to do with your heart. See, God did not want Isaac. God didn't want his son. God would have never let him go through with what he went through. God didn't want Isaac. He wanted Abraham's heart. And I don't know what it has been that God is asking you for, but it probably has way less to do with what God's actually asking you for. It has way more to do with your heart. See, God will relentlessly come after everything that sits on the throne of your heart until he sits alone there. And that's tough. So he says, faith without works is dead. This verse goes on, verse 22. Such a thick verse. He says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. One side of the pedal, the other side of the pedal. They were working together. One was going down, the other one was coming around. That was his faith working together. And his faith was made complete, which means if it is just an ethereal belief with no action, or if it's just action with I don't really believe this, I'm just doing it because I do what I'm told. It was not complete either way. Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Verse 24, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. If you were around for this first part of the series, we talked about this breastplate of righteousness. And we talked about there are really two types of righteousness. There is imputed righteousness that you didn't do anything to do, but God gave to you because you put your faith in his son. And God gives you that righteousness now that God, when you by faith believe in who Jesus is, now when God looks at you, he looks at you as if you have never sinned before. Along with that, God also gives you this thing called imparted righteousness, which is now the righteousness made available to you to live out the life to which God has called you to. Imputed righteousness is where you say, Jesus, you are my Savior. You did for me something that I could never do. And this imparted righteousness is where it says, Jesus, you 100% are my Savior. Now in this life, in these breaths that I have left, I get to choose whether or not I'm going to let you be Lord. And the righteousness that he's talking about here in this verse is the imparted righteousness that says, God, what you're asking me to do makes no sense. But you are Lord, and so I'm going to follow through. That's faith. That's real faith. 
So, if faith without works is dead, then how does faith work? If faith without works is dead, then how in the world does faith work? If you're taking notes, write this down. How does faith work? Faith works by love. That's how faith works. Galatians 5, 6 says this. The only thing, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself by love, through love. That's the only thing that counts. Let's leave that up there for a second. This is another very short, thick verse. The only thing that counts, which means nothing else counts, not perfect attendance, not how much you tithe, not you know, where your kids go to public school, private school, Christian school, homeschooled. My kids, top of their class at homeschool. Just crushing it. Um, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith, again, how does faith work? Faith works by love. It's faith expressing itself through love. Now the question becomes, who is that faith Expressing itself to. See, a lot of people believe it's only about expressing it to God. I just got to express to God my faith. I got to express to God. And these are the people who make great church attenders, but make bad friends. They insulate and circle themselves with Christian friends. Christian news, Christian music, Christian schools, Christian breath mints, Christian everything you can think of. And they're terrified of someone who does not know Christ. See, he says, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And then Jesus, when he showed up to his disciples, and he was talking to his disciples about how to live out this life once he's gone... He explained to them, he said, people will know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. He didn't say they're going to know that you're my disciples and then want to become disciples because of the way you love me. He said, they're going to know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. And I'm calling us to live cross-shaped lives where, yes, 100% on the vertical plane of your life, it is you receiving the love of God and then faith expressing your love for God back up to Him. But you are living a one-dimensional life. If all you do is just say, I love God, I love you, I'm just going to go to church, I'm going to love you, and me and my little kids, we're going to just love you and love you and love you and love you. And God's going, listen, I so loved, the world, uh, so loved you that I, that I gave my son to the whole world. And I want this faith that I've given you to, to, to work its way out in faith to other people so that we live cross-shaped lives where, yes, we're connecting to God vertically, but horizontally, we are loving people. You, to sum up, your life's mission is to love God and love others. That's why you're on earth, to glorify God by doing those two things. And so, if faith without works is dead, and faith works by love, and how are you doing how are you doing loving people? You're getting ready to come up on a holiday season where maybe some people that you find hard to love are going to be in your kitchen. How do you do? How is that working for you? See, he, he said faith without works is dead. And the thing that makes my faith work is love. Well, that means that maybe we don't have a whole lot of faith right now because we don't have love. 
not necessarily just love for God, but love for other people. There's this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 1. You may have heard it at a wedding or something before. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, they're saying, if I can speak a bunch of different languages, I get up here and can speak French and Chinese and Portuguese, all these other different languages. And I can even somehow do this angel speak. I don't know what that sounds like. I can speak in the tongue of angels. But he says, if I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. How do I get it? Okay. So, can y'all hear me still? I can't hear me. So, when I get in my prayer closet, we'll just call this my prayer closet, um, even though it's transparent. Um, I get in my prayer closet, and I'm just, God, just, oh, Lord, I just, I, I'm so glad that I was able to pray to you five different times this week. That, that to God, all he's hearing is clanging cymbals. When I, when I show up to work in, in my car with my, my Igthus fish on the back, and then I wear a cross around my neck, and everybody knows I can send my kids to Christian school, but I'm a jerk, and I kind of gossip about everybody else, all the world hears all they hear is that, and all God hears is that. Because when we do these things, as annoying as that is, it's that annoying to a world around us, and it's that annoying to God who's going, listen, I'm, I'm thankful that you prayed this long. I'm thankful that you do these things. But I need you to allow your faith to express itself out in love. For other people. Not just the people who are easy to love either. So if we don't want to be walking around with counterfeit shields of fake faith, then our faith needs the work. Because the faith without works is dead. And how does faith work? It works by love. So if that's the case, then how does love work? If faith without works is dead... And, and the work of work is played out in love. Well, then how does love work? If you're taking notes, last thing I need you to write down. Love gives. How does love work? Love always gives. Love always gives. If you want to know if you have a fake faith or a real faith, that's what it's attached to. I'm not talking about money. That's a part of it. Bible said, where your treasure is, there is your heart. We don't have to go there. We should, though. But if you want to know whether or not your faith is real or if it's fake, it's based off of what you're willing to give to. And not just give to where like, ah, oh, yeah, I gave it. I'm glad that's over with. But sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving that says, maybe I'm willing to give to where it hurts. It hurts for me to go ask this person for forgiveness. It hurts for me to be able to bless this family with a Christmas. It hurts for me to be able to, to trade in some vacation times to go volunteer or to serve at this thing. See, but love, how does love work? It gives. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What does love do? Love gives. How does faith work? Through love. 
what takes us from a place of just being optimistic and believing the best to actually having real faith? Work. Do you see how it works? Do you see how it progresses? Hopefully I see, you see how the, the, the funnel finds its way all the way down to love. That's what real faith is. Last verse I'll leave you with today is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Paul, Paul said this right before he entered into this part about the armor of God. He says, therefore, <clears throat> be imitators of God. Which means, don't just do what God is doing. But be who God is being. He says, and walk in love. Okay, so, all right, I need to walk in love. That doesn't mean I just have positive feelings and I think good things about people. But if I walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, okay, that's, that's, that's the key. I walk in love. If I'm walking in love, that means I've got to do what Christ did. Christ, in love, gave himself for us. And this is a season, guys. I don't know all the things that you feel like you need right now. I know, man, we could bring a laundry list of the needs that we as God's people feel like, hey, I need this, I need this, I need this thing to work out. My kids shoved me a list that had all the things that they wanted for Christmas. Like, I'm, I'm consumed with what other people need of me and what I think I need. But I'm going to choose to be a person who, instead of living based off of all the things I think I need, I'm going to actually be a person who lives by faith. And that faith that says, God, you love me. You love me enough to give your son to me. So that the only thing right now at 12.03 on a Sunday morning that I need is you. Jesus, you are all I need. And as I receive you and all that you are, now I am consumed with, with this burning passion to go and do what you did to me. To lay my life down sacrificially. To take up my cross and my ways and the way I want things to work out. And to say, if there is a God in heaven who gave everything for me, then one, how could I need anything else? And two, how could I hold on close fist to what I have now? And not live an open-handed, generous, with my time, my talent, my treasure, my life type of life. And that's what I'm inviting us to. Getting ready to sing a song. It's called Nothing Else. And what I invite you to do in this moment is to sit, wherever you're watching this online or you're watching this here in person, to sit and let us sing this over you. To soak in these words and hopefully let these words maybe even become a prayer of yours. And then when you feel led, if you feel led, I invite you to stand and to make it your declaration today of what you're saying, believing, and trusting that there truly is nothing else that you need and that you're willing to live and ready now to live a life that has a faith that works, that works by love, and that gives sacrificially because you have been given sacrificially the God who gave you the faith. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that your word never fails. Your love never fails. Father, I pray that we're not just content with saying some things and thinking some things and hearing some things, but God, we move to be people who do some things, 
who pay for some meals, who provide some Christmases, who make some invitations, who lay down our lives to put the rubber on the road that proves that we have more than just opinions and thoughts, but proves that we have faith that's working itself out through love that gives. This life is short, Jesus. And I pray you would help us not to hold on to anything that you are calling us to let go of. Your will, your way. In your name, Jesus. Jesus.